Blog Talk Radio. Getting off to that slow start, 
but our offense really picked it up towards the end of the season, especially those last four or five games of the regular season. We really show what we can do, uh, especially with Martavius coming on and um, Juju. I mean, we, we had a great draft. Our first two picks were great. So, obviously, if you just sit back and look, 13-3 and is a pretty successful season, but – you know, in Pittsburgh, we have higher expectations, and we expect to do more, especially with the type of team that we filled it this year. Exactly. It feels like it's always, you know, Super Bowl or Boston. It's really tough in that sense because, honestly, you watch that. I know New England didn't win the whole thing, but you watch that New England game when we played them, and obviously we think it should have went our way. But that's long gone, and obviously the catch rules are going to be changed a lot. But getting into this offseason for Pittsburgh, their main goals are obviously going to be you know, get Le'Veon Bell long-term. You know, franchise tag could still happen. That's something that we we probably don't want right now because everything we heard with Le'Veon before, you know, during, you know, before the division round. But Le'Veon is definitely the, probably the biggest priority, I'd say. But also the other priorities you got to fix are inside linebackers because Ryan Shazier, you know, we don't know, we don't know what the, what's going to happen with him. I mean, he's going to be around with the team, but obviously we don't know the – if he's going to come back ever or whatever, but hopefully, you know, prayers up to him still. And I would say safety too as well, because there is reports saying that Mike Mitchell and J.J. Wilcox could probably be cut by the Steelers. So safety and inside linebacker probably two of the biggest priorities for the draft. You know, what what do you think that the Steelers need to do this offseason? I agree. Uh, we have some, some people to look at on the defensive side. Uh, obviously what happened to Ryan Shazier was tragic, but uh, from all accounts, it looks like he's going – in the right direction as far as his recovery is concerned. So nothing but prayers for him and his family. Shali is hashtag Shali. You know, he's, uh, he's doing his thing and it's always great to see his, uh, his presence. Some at the hockey game, the big round of applause he got from the people, the Penguins fans. That was great to see. So he always has a smile on his face. So it was great that he's going in the right direction, but obviously we got to draft uh, somebody at middle linebacker just in case he can't make the recovery that we want to. That's obviously a big part of our defense and the Coach Butler defense. And, yeah, our free safety, our safety play in general was disappointing. I think Sean Davis started out like he was going to have a great second year and then kind of fell off. And then Mike Mitchell is just not the playmaker he used to be. He didn't have any interceptions. And I think maybe only one pass defense all year. You know, it's just – and for whatever reason, you know, we just – he just couldn't make the plays that uh, we were hoping that he could make. So I, I see that being a priority as well. Um, I think we might go interior at uh, on a defensive line to address our run problem issue. You know, during our our Super Bowl years, we had a guy by the name of Casey Hampton plugging up that middle. Right. And so those <laughs> those guards are hard to find. Like they are. They're, they're, it's a it's a dying position. Unfortunately, You're always going for the guy that can also pass rush, but. I mean, find a guy like Casey Hampton, if he exists out there, because Casey Hampton truly was one of a kind. They one may try and take yeah. that. There's a big guy. There's a big guy out of Washington, and Vita Vita V I think his name is, who was uh, who, who who looks to be in that mode. So uh, he's he, he's going to be going at the end of the first round. So he may or may not be a priority, but it's something interesting to look at. And I think something else. Um, our right tackle position, I'm a big fan of Marcus Gilbert. When he's in the game, he's one of the best right tackles in the game. But, unfortunately, he hasn't been healthy. And Chris Hubbard is coming up on free agency. 
and he played great last mm-hmm. year in his uh, in his play. Oh, love and so, yeah. I don't know if Chris is not. He's going to demand money from somebody, and it, deservedly mm-hmm. so because he played great. He's a starter, so I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, he played great as a starter. He played like ten games. Played more than Marcus in the plan, and they they're paying. Gilbert some some good money next year, so they got a decision to make. But I think whatever way they go, they got to draft another tackle because I don't know if both of them will be back next year. So those are the four positions I think we we will address in the first four rounds. Um, obviously, there's not much work we need to do on offense because we have every position. If we sign Le'Veon back and James Conner comes uh, back healthy off that ACL, I mean we're pretty much set on the offensive side of the ball. Outside of that, that swing tackle, because I truly think one of those guys will be will not be here next year. Um, but I mean, that's that's pretty much what I think uh, will go in the direction we'll go in. You think they're going to get this? They're going to get this uh, deal done, Trey, uh, with Le'Veon? I, I know, I know he wants to be back. You hear all the reports here. Saying, you know, it's the biggest priority. You think you think it's going to happen now? I do. I think it's going to happen. I think there's a mutual. Um, motivation on both sides to get this deal done. Um, Le'Veon is going to be a year older, and uh, he's, he's got a lot of wear and tear on his body. So I know he's going to want to get the type of guaranteed money that his performance has dictated, and he deserves it. Now, um, obviously, with Kevin Colbert coming out, I think either earlier this week or last week, saying that he wants to make Le'Veon the Steelers for life, um, that shows you what where the Steelers feel or what what they're going to do. But you know they the Steelers are have been who they are for the longest because of what they do in free agency and they never um, go too far in paying anybody outside the quarterback and so I mean and they they did if you deserve it if you're young and you're showing that you can put the type of production on the field that they that they like and you can keep on doing it they'll pay you they did the same thing with Antonio and right they, they respected his wishes but you got to come to camp I mean you got to be there to negotiate. And, and good faith, and uh, I think if Le'Veon had to do it all over again, maybe he would have came to camp, but I understood his motivation when he said he wanted to take off some of the cuts on his body and because uh, he knew what kind of workload he would have, but I know he didn't like getting off to that slow start. And so they're both motivated to get it done and get it done before training camp starts. No, and that's true, and he really does deserve it because, you know, he wants to be paid it, obviously. You know, he wants to change the game for running backs overall, like guys like Todd Gurley, Ezekiel Elliott. David Johnson, all those kind of guys, because you know he got the ball a lot this year, whether it was catching out of the backfield or just running it. So he's you know probably the biggest part of the he, he gets the ball the most out of all of them. And you're right. Mm-hmm. I mean, last year Antonio Brown they locked him up. That was last year, I believe, right? Yeah, Antonio Brown was locked up at a contract extension. So they had you know both of those. Like he still had one more year left in his deal, but they had both of those to deal with. Now Le'Veon is set to be the priority this year. So I feel like Le'Veon likes that he you know he's, it's good to him you know to feel wanted you know. Right, he's such a unique talent. I mean, obviously Todd Gurley had a great year too, and they they do they both do similar things. So Todd is going to be coming up on his rookie, uh, the end of his rookie deal at the end of next year. So he's going to be looking at this whole Le'Veon Bell situation too, and seeing how they compensate him. And I think Le'Veon takes pride in leading the charge at the running back position and getting them to just do that they deserve because there seems to be a resurgence at the running back position and the importance that it brings to the team. You saw what happened with Ezekiel Elliott when he was out and how it affected the Dallas Cowboys as a whole. You see what Ty Gurley does for the Rams. I mean, you saw, you really see how important the running back is for a lot of teams this year. 
and it's, it's it's been a shift. I mean, we went to that spread offense a few ten years ago. It's been all about the quarterback, but I think Le'Veon is taking pride in leading the charge and wants to be paid accordingly uh, as a playmaker, not just a running back. He's a receiver and a and a running back, so I know he wants to lead that front, and he's he's going to stand fast in his uh in his belief. Right, and I and the Steelers, you know, they're, they're they're re-signing a lot of guys that like how they like to keep this core together. Too, the great team. They might need to change a little bit right. in the draft, obviously, but the great team. I I, I really like that uh, bringing back Roosevelt Nix for four more years. He, he's he's done it all. He's a great blocker. He got the ball a little bit this year. Scored a couple touchdowns. I like what he's done. He's helped out Le'Veon's game a ton, obviously in that I formation. Right. And from you, you've heard you've heard his story too. I mean, it's a great story from him, and he's he's played really well. Pro Bowler this year. You know, he's accomplished a lot. You know, he wants more. Yeah, yeah. And that Rosenberg, he's that glue guy. You see whenever he – like, he's that guy that everybody likes to be around on the team. He has a great personality. And uh, he does the dirty work. You know, he does dirty work for Le'Veon. He goes in there, does his job. Is a great special teams player on top of that. And uh, he sets the tone for a lot of things with just how he approaches the game. And uh, I'm glad to see him get compensated and get recognized as a pro bowler because he definitely deserves it. Right. I definitely agree with you on that. Another guy that is a free agent for the Steelers that they could bring back. I'm not sure what will happen with them because obviously they already have uh, Antonio Brown, Jujusman Schuster, Martavis Bryant. And he did tear his ACL against Jacksonville in the playoff game, but Eli Rogers, do you see Pittsburgh bringing him back as the fourth guy? Uh, Eli Rogers. It was kind of yeah, Eli. a disappointing year. I know he he, he was hurt a little bit, um, but you could never have enough depth. He obviously could be replaced. Probably. Say that again. He. I mean, I, I like what he can do. I mean, he's done. He did a lot. He like last, the year before when Martavis was out, he played well for Pittsburgh. He and right. towards the end of the year, he finally started to step up. I know that he's only he's a fourth receiver. He probably can be replaced from somebody else. I just want to get your take. Maybe do you think they'll bring him back or they won't? Yeah, I think they bring Eli back, obviously at a reasonable price. Um, I like Eli a lot. I really had big hopes with him, not knowing. This is before I knew what Juju can do. And uh, obviously Juju came in <laughs> and proved that he deserves to be that third or even that second receiver. You know, he came in and really balled out uh, in the absence of Martavius Bryant. Um, and him, you know, going through what he went through this season. But I know Martavis is going to come back with a vengeance next year. Now that all that drama is going on from this year, he's a year removed from mm-hmm. that suspension. So we got three guys that can absolutely ball out. So Eli, unfortunately, he, he didn't show. He came back towards the end of the season and proved his worth and, and showed some of the things that he showed us the year before. Um, and – I think we, with his youth, I mean, we got two other receivers that probably won't bring away. They probably won't bring back Hayward Bay, and they probably won't bring back uh, Justin Hunter. Um, nah, so, yeah. Eli Rogers in that fourth spot, uh, I think it looks good for him if he wants to come back and be the fourth receiver because, unfortunately, that's where – that's the only place he could fit in now. With that mm-hmm. said, we do field a lot of four-wide receiver sets. And, but if we that's get a, a tight end, a true tight end, uh, I know that's another position that we didn't talk about, but we missed the tight end position um, with Heath Miller being gone. We have not found someone to man that position quite like Heath, and I don't know mm-hmm. if he can quite like Heath because Heath is 
exceptional. Now, Jesse has done his part, but obviously he's limited in what he can do. And Vance McDonald showed us a lot last year, but he just can't stay healthy. He stay healthy. So, right. Right. But once he's out there, he is – he could be that guy. He's a great blocker, and he has a little bit more speed than Heath has. He, he, he's a little bit more athletic than even Heath was. He's not the blocker Heath was, and he doesn't have the hands that Heath had. But uh, obviously he's a weapon that we can use, but he just can't stay on the field. So with all that being said, Eli Rogers, if he wants to come back and be the fourth wide receiver, I think the Steelers will welcome that. But uh, Eli may have other plans of his own, and I think he has enough film out there that he could be a number two or number three for another team. That's true. Maybe not. Maybe a lower team. But, you know, I, I like Eli. I'd like to bring him back. And a fourth guy, I, I mean, he, he was – yeah, the yeah, Steelers like to run, like you said, with four or you know four or five wide a lot. I mean, I know they, they split Le'Veon out there as well, but that's a guy that I wanted to get into as well. You talk about Vance McDonald. You know, I'd like to see you know him now going through a full off season with the Steelers, along with Joe Hayden as well, going through a full off season. If they can really stay healthy the whole year, you know, go through training camp, uh, the whole preseason with just the Steelers. You know, they they obviously came late last year. I think that's going to be a really big deal for them. You know, going into the season. Yeah, yeah. Um, get Vance healthy. Get Joe Hayden healthy. They, 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 they're probably going to ask him to take or restructure his contract at some point just to get some cap relief. So yeah. we'll see how that goes. Uh, but I think if they could just get through a whole off season being healthy, being there. I know Vance has his hamstring issues and lower extremity issues, but um, yeah, those are two guys. Two big pieces. Joe came in, and you saw the defense, and the difference oh, yeah. in it, it was the secondary when he was out versus, you know, Kerry Sisball just had a tough time back there, and mm-hmm. um, but Cameron Sutton, he's another one that uh, if we can see what he can do healthy now that he got some playing time year. towards the end of this yeah. last year, you know, he's a, he's another one that I think um, could. Uh, play a role in what they do with Joe, as well as Mike Hilton, who came, who played absolutely amazing last year. I'm a big Mike Hilton fan, and uh, he really showed his worth last year, being a a blitzer off the edge and just being a playmaker. Kind of like he kind of reminded me of Will Gay in his younger years, just always being around the ball, a ball hawk type of player. And um, so we got some pieces to work with, and I think Joe obviously can be that guy for us especially we need some veteran leadership back there, especially if Mike does not come back. It'll be good to have somebody who's excited to be a Steeler and, and, and a veteran voice in this in this league for the guys that are back there because we we got two guys in Sean Davis and Artie Burns who have shown a lot of potential, but they're still young. And so this third year coming up uh, is important for them. And so a guy like Joe could really help them along in that fashion. No, I definitely agree with you, Trey. And when you're getting into Mike Hilton, I do love that guy too. He he played so well, and he came out of nowhere too. And it's such right. it's such a great story with some of these guys. And, and and really, like you said, drama was throughout the whole season. I mean, it ha- I feel like that happens all the time with the past few years. The past few years, at least with Pittsburgh, it needs you know it needs to you know be cut out a little bit because obviously they have the talent to go all the way. But like you said, Mike Hilton, a guy you know, great blitzer off the edge. He played very well. He had, he had like three sacks against uh, Houston that one on uh, Christmas uh, right. Christmas Day. Yeah, it was Christmas Day. And uh, yeah, it's just I, I like him a lot. They brought him back on a one-year deal. I think he's he's definitely proved a lot. And you know, he's he's not he's not this year. 
Yeah, um, I'm excited for his future. He's obviously a guy that's hungry. Uh, being a guy that was under the radar, got cut by a few teams. I think he found – I think Butts has found a good position for him and a good um, way to incorporate him in his defense and get the most out of him. And I think he enjoys doing what he does on the field. And obviously, like I said, he is hungry and he wants – to be a guy that uh, our defense can depend on. And so uh, I think we got somebody in him, a steal uh, in him. And that's a kudos to our scouting department. They seem to always find somebody uh, at a position that could do those type of things. And they brought Mike in and he proved that he, he belongs on the field and belongs on our defense. I definitely agree with that as well. And I think a small offseason move obviously probably doesn't mean too much towards the roster, but a futures contract, I know you wanted to get into it. But, uh, you know, Ken Griffey's son, you know, coming into the Steelers organization, I wanted to hear, you know, all your thoughts on that. Yeah, uh, so, I mean, before I was ever thinking about making it to the NFL, I was a baseball player first. And uh, it was my That's first my love. <laughs> and, uh, right, and my favorite player of all time, uh, Ken Griffey Jr., was uh, – that was during his heyday when he was just tearing the league up and just making it look stylish at the same time. His swing, one of the prettiest mm-hmm. swings of all time. And so I was interested once they uh, once I saw they signed uh, Trey Griffin, uh, great Trey Griffey, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. my name's fake, not, not quite spelled the same, <laughs> but nonetheless, he said the same. So uh, he's the third, so he goes by Trey. And uh, I watch him as his film. He is a playmaker. He They got him on punt return and – He's doing some things out there, getting the ball into the end zone. And uh, I'm just interested to see how, how things are going to work out with him and what he can do. Obviously, we're deep at wide receiver, but he's a big guy, 6'3", 210. He was here in Indianapolis a little bit during the season, so I got a chance to see him yeah. a little bit up close during the uh, camp and whatnot. So um, I'm interested. He uh, he definitely has the name. He has a – between his first name and Trey and his second, his last name and Griffey, so I'm <laughs> definitely intrigued in what he could do. So, uh, congratulations to him. I hope he could do something special and stick around. It'll be kind of cool to see another Griffey making a name for himself uh, on the football field and in the black and gold. No, for sure, that would be awesome. I know, yeah, I know, I know he was with uh, Indianapolis last year because I saw that the Steelers had signed him. Actually, one of my good buddies is a. Uh, He's a big Colts fan, actually. I know you. I know you were with Indianapolis for a year as well. But I, I he was with the Colts. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it would be cool to see him make a name for himself. I mean, you know, just got you know, Dad just got into the Hall of Fame, right? So I mean, <laughs> I, it'd be pretty cool. I, I'd like to see you know, like to see what he could do in black and gold, and we'll see this off season. I mean, to him, right. and I, I really hope the best for him. Right. Uh, me too. It's it's, it's, it's going to be a tough road. I'm not going to, you know. Try to oh, fake yeah. the funk at all. I mean, it's a tough road, especially with the Steelers, especially with what we have at wide receiver. But one of the things that the Steelers always are looking for is if a guy can contribute on special teams and be consistent. That's right. And uh, if you can make your way doing that, they'll definitely love having you around. And it doesn't hurt to have the last name Griffey or have your dad be Ken Griffey Jr. Oh, at yeah. all. So. No, that's right. The special team side, they always are looking for, you know, returns, pun returns. They don't really want to – I mean, Antonio Brown's a great punisher. They don't really want him out there because they don't want Antonio Brown to get injured because obviously that happens a lot on that kind of thing. So, that they, you know, they obviously mix, it makes Eli Rogers there a little bit. Juju Smith used to right. show that he's a pretty solid kick returner. But uh, they, they usually, you know, special teams is usually been the funk 
for the Steelers. So, anyway, you never know. He can make a name for himself that way. You're right. Exactly. And uh, our, our kick return team was absolutely horrible. Outside of Juju doing his thing, oh. Juju again, losing and they kick off <laughs> against end, yeah. uh, with Detroit. Um, yeah, our kickoff return has been horrible for some time now. So, to add a spark to that, I'm sure that would definitely catch the coach's eye. Oh yeah, and I was at the uh, the Baltimore the Baltimore game in Pittsburgh this year when they clinched the division. They had, uh, I mean, I, I love Martinez. I love that you know he's a beast. But they had him back there. It, it was really rough, and I, he was even getting bored. He felt bad. It, it was bad for Martinez back there. He's very fast. Like if he gets tired, he's gone. But he was just struggling, you know, returning whether he took it out or not, take it out or not. So yeah, it's always you know been a struggle back there for the past few years. Yeah, it has. They tried to do something. Martavius obviously is not the type to be a kickoff returner. You got to be a guy to just grab it and, and just hit it. I think the last really good kickoff return we had, you remember Stephen Logan back in oh, uh, yeah. from oh, Canadian yeah. football? We grabbed him a little short. Oh yeah, Stephen Logan. Yeah, we uh, he he was a real good kickoff return. That's how he made his name in the league and. Uh, he was a guy, obviously, that had a skill set. It, it takes a special person to be good at kickoff return. That's why you don't see too many of them. It's pretty rare. I mean, we saw Joshua Cribs had that skill set. That's kind of how he made his name in the league. But um, yeah, it's hard to find a good I mean, kickoff play return. Receiver too, but <laughs> right, right, and so yeah, it's it's tough. But if Trey Griffey can do it, I'm gonna be right there rooting for him. No, for sure. I think that's a, that's a good story too. It's always nice to have those kind of stories. As we were talking about Indianapolis, because you said he was with Indianapolis, you're in Indianapolis. He played there even a year. So Frank Wright, the new coach for Indianapolis, jumping into other NFL news. What, what was your whole thoughts on that? Obviously, the whole Josh McDaniel situation. How do you think maybe Luck fits, fits in the right system? I thought Luck could probably do really well with McDaniel, especially McDaniel's working with Brady. And I think that could really help for Luck. Luck is if Luck is healthy, he's one of the best in the game. We all know that, but Wright is a very, you know he's been with Indianapolis. I think he could be a really good coach for them. You know, what was your whole thoughts on that situation? I was excited for him, knowing uh, what he's done with Tom Brady as an offensive coordinator. Um, I thought it was a home run hire initially when it happened, and I thought Luck could benefit just from the fact that he would get the ball out of Luck's hand, um, and that does wonders, obviously, for an O line. When you can, you know, you know your quarterback's going to run the ball. Art then in Indianapolis, the Colts' O line has been pretty weak for some time now. And obviously, oh, yeah. with Luck going through what he's going through, has is a direct result. It's just him taking too many hits and him being totally dependent on himself to get to make the play for the Colts to win the game. So I thought McDaniel's could bring uh, some sort of comfort, bring a, a system in where guys would get open guys get open quickly and Andrew Luck can get the ball out of his hand and, you know, not take as many hits, not take as much punishment. But um, I was also leery of the fact that his, his track record as a head coach has not been a good one. And his track record would just as a player's coach, like just I've heard uh, Eddie Royal was talking about him the other day uh, on NFL network, maybe like a week or two ago. And just, he just has, he doesn't connect well as a from a head coach's perspective with um, the locker room as a whole, and so that's something you need. You need the head coach that can connect 
with the players, with the vets, and also with the rookies and find a way to make all that mesh. And so I just – he didn't have a track record. And it, he didn't show a lot of maturity. You, didn't think, you would think that he would learn from some of his past mistakes. He didn't show a lot of maturity. It's kind of weird to say for a 40-year-old man, but he uh, <laughs> declined the job the way he did in the fashion that he did uh, and get coaches hired. Uh, the coach did a stand-up job by keeping the assistants that McDaniels had brought on board. So kudos to the coach for doing that. But uh, obviously McDaniels uh, messed that whole situation up. It got real sloppy. But on on the back end, I thought they found a great hire in Frank Rach, uh, obviously out of Philadelphia. Uh, you saw what he was able to do. He was Super Bowl champion, and it was his offense. Uh, he wasn't calling the plays, but he had a lot to do with how the offense was designed. And uh, he seems to be a great fit for this system, for this uh for this team, and it's, I think it's exactly what the coach needed. And uh, Colt, uh, Andrew Luck is uh, excited. Uh, he came out saying he's excited to get back to work with uh, Frank Rage and see what he could do um, from an offensive perspective. And I know uh, we're going to have some, some RPOs and some, some unique things I think he's going to add that's going to really help Andrew Luck out. I agree. And you were getting into earlier in that segment about the Colts O-line, how it's been, you know, it's, it's struggled the past few years. And, I mean, it, it's obviously her luck has been hit a lot. And they do have the number three pick this year, I believe. I, number three, if you're the Colts, though, are you going to are you gonna try to draft one of the best, probably one of the best offensive linemen out there that you can get, like a tackle or something like that? Or are you going to go for Saquon Barkley? Because, obviously, they got Frank Gore, but, you know, he's probably, you know, he's, he still played well at another age, but he's probably on his way out. They have Marlon Mack with a young running back. For my opinion, I think that they should I, – I feel like Saquon, hands down, is the best player in the draft uh, regardless. I think they should go with him. But I don't know if you – I mean, I know the line – you think about the line, too. Like, what would you do if you were Indianapolis? There is this guard out of Notre Dame, uh, Quentin Nelson, who was an absolute mm. monster and is about as nasty as you can get as an offensive line. The whole Colts – Offensive line needs attitude shift, and I think this guy could bring it just by the way he approaches the game. I think if you go with Saquon right now without having mm-hmm. pieces on the line, it would do him um, disservice in the sense that you would get in the true. ball probably often and he would get hit early and – I just don't think they have the pieces to be a good run-blocking offensive line at the moment. I think you go get Quentin Nelson out of Notre Dame at the number three position, insert him right away next to Ryan Kelly, who's the center, um, really give that whole offensive line an attitude adjustment. And um, I think you draft a running back. This is a deep class of running backs. So they can get Tony Michael – in the second round, they can get Nick Chubb. In the second and third round, they can get Rashard Perry out of um, San Diego State. In the second or third round, um, I don't think you have to go with Saquon, although I agree with you. I think Saquon is the best player in this draft. But I don't think it would be the right pick for the Colts because I don't think there's – I think after Nelson is such a huge drop-off between the next guard that they would be able to get in the second or third round. If you get him – and draft a running back in the second or third round. Draft two running backs for that case. They do have a guy in Marlon Mack who showed some flashes last year behind Frank Gore. But um, 
I don't think he's ready to take the helm yet. I think him combined with another one of these young studs coming out of college this year would be great coming in the second or third round. But you got to solidify that line first, not only for the run game, but also for luck coming off of shoulder surgery and being back there. You want to protect your, your high, high investment. No, that is true. I mean, that's a good way to look at it, too, because if you're going to get Saquon, he's definitely going to be put in the wrong system right off the bat because he's not going to be able to get, you know, his yards. People are saying, you know, he could be like a Zeke or something like that right out of right, like right out of college, but obviously might not work with Indianapolis. Obviously, their line has struggled in, for the past few years. So, I, you know, I, I like that. I'm going to you know, look into that a lot more with, with the Colts line. But, you know, the coaching change like we were talking about, I think that that's going to fit really well with them. I saw McDaniel's world, but I think that's going to fit well with them because he was with them before. He's worked with Peyton Manning. He's worked – well, he worked with Carson Wentz for half, well, most of the season. And then even Nick Foles. Right. And look what they all did. Like, look what they all did. Now he's going to get with Andrew Luck. He's been with a lot of, you know, good quarterbacks. Luck, when healthy, you can agree. Is, I would – he could be top five, maybe even top three quarterback. People would – you know, he, he's one of the best out there to do it. So, I mean, I hope Luck stays healthy. It's good for the game. And I, and I just think it's really – I think it's going to work out really well for the Colts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from all accounts, he's feeling up well. He's had a whole year off to rest that shoulder. He's with the Germany come back. There's not another surgery needed. So, if he's healthy, if he comes back healthy, he is, like you said, a top five quarterback and could be a top three quarterback. He's just that good. And the Colts just win. When he's there and when he's healthy, the Colts are a completely different team. And so – but their mistake is they got to stop being so dependent on luck. They got to add other pieces oh, and yeah. be <laughs> a team that could be more well-rounded. They've been quarterback dependent every. I mean, obviously, ever since they drafted Peyton Manning. But the great thing, Peyton Manning had Marshall Falk and Edwin James, and he had Tariq Glenn and Jeff Saturday as his O line, and Ryan Diem, and a, whole, a host of other great offensive linemen right. in front of him. So it wasn't just Peyton. The offense was potent. And, but he had other weapons. Obviously, he had a lot to do with making those weapons, but those guys were, were, were players. Um, so you want to surround Luck. Luck has not had that. All he's had really is T.Y. Hilton, and uh, mm-hmm. that's it. Hasn't really had a running back, hasn't had a great line in front of him, hasn't had a good defense uh, putting him in uh, you know fortunate situations on the offensive side of the ball. So, you got to start. I know uh, what Ballard. This is he's going into his second year. Last year was kind of a gimme year because he wasn't with the coach that he hired and Pagano. Pagano was a lame duck coach last year. Everybody kind of knew he was on his way out, and so Ballard right. gets to you know remake this team and his vision. And I think he recognized the fact that they can't be so truly dependent on luck. And I know this draft is a big one for him and Coach Nation. So. No, yeah, I agree. Fully agree with that. A guy I've been thinking about, the Colts maybe should sign. I don't know if it, where he's going to go. I want to list two names to you. I wanted to ask you maybe where you thought they might end up, other guys in free agency. But a guy, like you said, they have T.Y. Hilton. That's pretty much his guy, pretty much. But a guy like Jarvis Landry, could you see him maybe going to the Colts or where maybe you see him fitting? Another guy I wanted to ask you about, too. Obviously not with the Colts. He's a quarterback. But Kirk Cousins, where do you see him sitting somewhere else in the offseason? So, yeah, Jarvis Landry, Miami would be stupid to let him walk. I mean, he's such a leader on that team. Not only a leader, he catches the ball wherever you throw it. Obviously, they got to get him the ball in better situations because he catches a lot of short passes. 
But uh, he's really good mm-hmm. at that. That's what he does, and he's been great. But I don't think Miami would be silly to get rid of him. So I think he stays in Miami. Uh, they're going to see about how Tannehill heals up off his ACL that he got to start the season. And I think he doesn't go anywhere. Kirk Cousins, uh, it's going to be interesting. There's, there's really telling where you think he'll go. He's going to – he has his choice. Um, you have not seen – a quarterback with his skill set, with his talent at his age, hit the free agency market since Drew Brees. But even then, Drew Brees was coming off a shoulder injury when he left San Diego. So, and he, even though I think Kirk Cousins isn't quite Drew Brees, he's not too far behind at, when he was at that when he came uh, out of free agency. So, Kirk Cousins, especially with Garoppolo signing the contract he had, is going to you know break the bank wherever he goes. But I don't know if he's all about that. I think he wants to go somewhere where he could be successful, and I only think there are a few teams really ready-made to insert a quarterback with his skill set and can compete right away. Um, first one would be Denver. Uh, I think the Broncos oh, yeah, have a great yeah, defense. I agree. Yeah, um, obviously it kind of sucks for me to say because we had Northwestern had our first starting quarterback in Trevor Simeon. I really thought – <laughs> he can take the reins and, and and maybe be the guy, but it hasn't worked out too well for my man there. So they, uh, they're going to have to go in another direction. And I think Kirk Cousins would be great. Two good receivers in Demarius Thomas and a former Steeler, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, that he can go to right now. And, and there isn't another team that has two high-caliber receivers ready-made for you to come in and, and build a rapport with and be good right off the jump. Uh, they've done a great job in trying to rebuild that line. They drafted uh, Garrett Bowles out of Utah, who's really made an attitude adjustment on that O-line because um, uh, the previous years the quarterback was getting hit a lot. And even this past year, they didn't have a great year protecting quarterback, but they got better throughout the season. Um, and they have a guy, C.J. Anderson, who's a, a, a proven running back. It's, and they got another guy, Booker, who did well last year too. So that offense, is ready for a quarterback to come in and be successful right away. I don't know if there's another offense out there like that ready. I think that the closest thing to it is the Jets, maybe. And they have a pretty good O-line. But Matt Forte is getting long in the tooth. I don't think he's going to be the guy uh, there much longer. Uh, Bilal Powell, uh, the running back, I think is a pretty good talent. He had some pretty good games last year. Um, but I don't think he's on the caliber of C.J. Anderson or Booker out of um, – Denver, um, but I think if I had to put my money on it, it would be those two teams, between those two teams who Kirk will go to. Because, But Denver, I think, far and away is the best situation for him. For sure. is I would like I agree with you. I, I would say that's probably the best thing. you got those two receivers already. you got a solid running back, and the defense is obviously still solid. I mean, they, they, they were on the field a lot last year, so, I mean, you could see a lot of points. That's probably why, because there's a lot of interceptions. Right. You know, wasn't, wasn't great quarterback play, but a guy, you know, with Kirk Cousins, like the Jets, I saw that the Jets will pretty much do any. They'll throw Kirk Cousins pretty much all the money he wants, probably. So, you know, I think you're right between those two teams. A team I would like Kirk Cousins, that I'd like to see him go to. I mean, I'm from this area. I'm obviously a big Steelers fan, but I'm from this area. I'm from uh, I'm from Rochester, New York, which is close to Buffalo. 
And uh, I'd like to see him maybe go to Buffalo. I don't know what they're going to do with Tyrod Taylor, but you know, I think it'd be cool for Buffalo. They played the playoffs last year with Tyrod Taylor. I think Kirk Cousins is so much of an improvement from that. I think that that would really help Buffalo. Like, they're, they're, they're kind of up and coming as well. And I, I, know, I know a lot of Bills fans because that's where I'm from. And I think it'd be cool. It was cool for the you know time this year to make it to the playoffs. I know they, they lost in the first round. But I think it would be a cool fit maybe for Cousins as well. But I think Denver is probably the top one for that. And then you were talking about Jarvis Landry earlier. I thought that was kind of funny because he did. I think it's so crazy that he led the league in receptions. He had like 112 receptions, and he had less than 1,000 yards. Like, that's just insane to me. Right. I mean, it's it's just not as efficient as you would like for all those catches. And it's just – but that's been his M.O. no matter who's throwing him the ball. Uh, it was with Cutler. It's the same way with Tannehill. You know, uh, for whatever reason, he's only getting the ball thrown to him on short routes. And he's not getting a lot of yak yardage after the catch. So, um, But he, he has shown his value. He's about as tough as a blocker out there. He catches the ball in tight spaces. He is a pretty good red zone threat as well. So there are things that are really positive about his game. And obviously he has great hands. Like wherever you throw the ball, he's mm-hmm. going to catch it. He's just not getting right. a lot of yards with it. But um, he's proven <laughs> his worth. And I think Miami knows better because they don't have a lot of options. Obviously they got Devontae Parker back there too from out of Louisville who's been on and off hurt. And uh, he's he's great. When he's healthy, he's a really good receiver. He's a number one tight receiver he just hasn't been healthy and uh they got kenny stills as well but he just he's just a big play threat he's not consistent so landry i think is somebody not only from a from a offensive standpoint because he i mean he's a good receiver he's not great he's not on the caliber of it i'm telling you around julio jones but he's probably in the second tier or third tier mm-hmm. after that but he's a tremendous leader and i mean he he's great in that locker room from all accounts so you got to keep a guy like that around. No, I, I, I definitely agree with that. He's a great player. I just see the Jets were even looking at him too. So, I mean, if the Jets, they probably, Jets probably have a lot of money on this week. I haven't really checked fully into that. But the Jets, if they could maybe land Cousins and him, that would be crazy as well because that would definitely help them out. They'd bring him from, like, nothing to something almost. Right. But, you know, to, to wrap everything up pretty much, I know like, we want to get into it. What do you feel? What do you feel your thoughts? Uh, you know, now Pittsburgh not being the only team in Pennsylvania with a Super Bowl now after Philly's big Super Bowl win. I was rooting for Philly, though. I couldn't have the Patriots. There's no way I could have had the Patriots. But, um, you know, how, how, how do you feel now about that whole situation? You know what? Um, I, I've gone through a range of emotions since then. Um, I'm definitely a lot happier that Philly won. The new, I'm definitely Philly got to hit their first rather than New England get their sixth. So, from that perspective, mm-hmm. I'm extremely happy. But uh, we were kind of, you know, the main dogs in Pennsylvania. And now Philly got their swag back. They got the Super Bowl. And uh, they're a young team, young and exciting team in Carson Wentz. And they're an up-and-coming team. Their defense is really, really, really good. And uh, it seems like they're going to be good for a while. So, there is a little bit of, uh, you know, don't don't get – don't act like you too much of the big dog. We still over here on the on the on the west side. <laughs> state. We run this thing. We run Pennsylvania. We're the city of champions. <laughs> so I hope they're not getting yeah, too too big headed over there. But all in all, I'm 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 happy for the city of Philadelphia because I know how much their um, their fan base has wanted a championship. They've been 
NFC champions when Donovan McNabb was there. They went to the NFC championship game those four years in a row and just couldn't quite get over the hump. And when they did, they lost to New England. And so I know they've been thirsty for one, so good for them. Um, I'm not a huge fan of their fan base. Can you go play them? Because they are probably mm. <laughs> the worst fans in the, in the, in the NFL. But, uh, you know, I can't be mad at their excitement. It's, it's pretty cool. Uh, to win their first one and see that fan base get excited about it. But uh, they had a ways to go before they on our level. So uh, good for them. Oh, yeah, Congrats for sure. Philly. But, uh, you know, we're still the big dogs in the state of Pennsylvania. So I guess it had hey, to happen we'll, at some point. Hey, we got to get seven next year. If we got to face them, you know, that would have been so cool if we could have got there and had a you know, Pennsylvania yeah. Super Bowl. That would have that been sweet. <laughs> That would have been nice. Uh, where's the Where's the Super Bowl next year? It's in Atlanta next year. So Atlanta. Uh, right I mean, there. I could definitely see a Pittsburgh Philly matchup down in, uh, you know, the Peach State. That would that'd be nice. So. <laughs> no, yeah, that that would that would be it would be, it would be cool to see. Uh, we we need it's been when you get seven. It's been. What? No, what was it? 2010, 11, and you guys were in it, right? Because the Green Bay. Mm. Exactly. So we got we got to get back. So, you know, it's it's felt actually you know kind of like a while now. <laughs> it has it has. That was the last time when Aaron Rodgers took my third Super Bowl ring away from me. I didn't appreciate that. But um. <laughs> oh man. You know that's uh. Yeah, I don't mean to we, put uh, no memories back up though. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, um, Coach uh, Kevin. Uh, Cobra said it best. You know, we went to the AFC Championship game last year. We didn't even make it that far this year. So this year, in his eyes, in the, in the Steelers Nation eyes, it was a disappointment. No matter what our record was in the regular season, thirteen and three is good for teams that have never been to where we've been. But we need number seven. We need to put some separation between us and the Cowboys and the San Francisco Forty ers and now New England who has who all have five mm-hmm. championships. We've got, we got six. We need to go ahead and get seven, put some distance between us and the rest of them. And we got to spread it out just a little bit more. we got to get that seventh ring. And, again, everybody in Steeler Nation, thank you for listening to Trey and I today. Uh, Trey, and again, I'm really glad that you're with us now on the Steeler Nation podcast. We'll talk to you guys in a couple of weeks, talking you know, more of the offseason. More moves will happen by then, I'm sure. And a lot, um, a lot more in the draft coming up. Obviously, NFL draft coming up. Trey's going to have more insight on that. But again, Trey, thank you for all this. And I'm, I'm really excited you're on board. Oh no, I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm excited about what we're going to do on this show and what we're going to be able to provide to the fans out there. I got a lot of things I want to say, and uh, you know, it's always about us Steelers. Go Steelers. Go Steelers. And again, everybody, have a good one, guys. I cannot change in the head, deep off in the main. Eminem, sweet like candy cane. Drop the top, pop it, let it bang. For this life, I cannot change in the head, deep off in the main.